What's up, everybody? I'm Sig Neutron. And I'm Rani Rodil. So we have a special guest today, um, one of my favorite people in the world. She is a contortionist, performer, a seamstress. All around badass. Yes. She's a totally cool badass babe. <laughs> and her name is Sin Twisted. Which yes. We, we, I forgot <laughs> to say that. Yeah. I got too into how awesome she is. Yeah. She, she is awesome. And if you haven't checked out her performances or anything, definitely do so and uh yeah we talk about all kinds of awesome stuff yeah this episode this episode 40 uh chet czar said that uh if you make it to episode 40 then your podcast is uh, you've you've made it so mm. woohoo we made it to 40 and we made it to 40 you're over the hill yeah <laughs> Um, so I, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We talk about uh, her whole life and her really interesting family dynamic uh, all the way up to what got her into performing. And, mm-hmm. and We talk about strip clubs and, and male strippers and, yep. and all the, kinds of weird what, shit. What's the key to male sexiness yeah. <laughs> and how the stigmatization of strippers is bullshit. And they're people too. It's a job just like any other job. Mm-hmm. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Sig Neutron. Wait, shit, I fucked it up. I'm Sig Neutron. Oh, wait, I thought we already said this. No, well, this is like, this is the, the intro. So, now you, so, I'm Sig Neutron. And I'm Ranny Rodil, repeating myself. And this is Sig Neutron Sputron. Sputron. Neutron. Sputron. Sig Neutron. Hey everybody, so I'm here with Ranny. Hey guys. And we got our special guest, Sin. Hello. So, uh, yeah, we've this is this is the episode that we were trying to do when, <laughs> when we ate those gummies and then just devolved into... The Bizarro Gummy-A-Go-Go fiasco. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun day. <laughs> so, From what I remember. <laughs> so if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to, I think, episode 31, Labor Day Gummy-A-Go-Go. And uh, yeah, it's a good thing we didn't go swimming that night. I'll yeah. just say that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was, we did record a podcast because that was the goal. I was going to come over to record a podcast. Yep. yep. We and just now. happened to do it on gummies. <laughs> it's still an episode of a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So we were still productive, so that's that's good. Yeah, well, maybe that's a fun point to start from there, like, because get your guys' perspectives, because for people that have lived, listened to the episode, like, I was just, I don't even, have we even talked to you about it? Since your experience with that gummy, like, were you just, like, super stoned? I thought we talked about it on the episode for a minute, but, yeah, that was intense. You were saying you were feeling a little kind of, like, shroomy, psychedelic feeling. I was seeing, like, spirits of the vines in the backyard and And you were saying you were hearing, like, you were in the middle of a rainforest. Yeah, it was insane. Like a jungle. Chirping sounds and, like, all kinds of insects and... And then oh, you, you, you smoked amazing. more weeds. I, I was, like, and I, I just, I just, God, I don't know how I was. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a but superhero. It's also how, how forced I have it too, because I'm constantly, I'm not like I'm, like I always say, I'm not like a huge stoner, yeah. but I am kind of constantly smoking, but I'll take like a hit and then like 15 minutes later, take like another hit or two. You know what I mean? So I am kind of constantly smoking, but I don't smoke a lot. It's a breathing exercise. 
Yeah. Well, also, it's like I have so many, like with my el- <laughs> well, my elders, downloads and stuff like that. And I don't want to, I don't like taking pills. So, and yeah. for also being hyperactive and high anxiety, I like to have pot to kind of mellow me out. So it's, I am con- kind of constantly always smoke. I'm pretty much constantly taking medication, mm-hmm. you know? So when I took the gummy, it was just uh, it, such a high volume. It hit me hard. It hit all of us, <laughs> I think, a, hard all at once. It was a creeper, man. Yeah. Crazy. I can't believe it. I just felt really, really stoned. And this is why, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this is why I never take edibles. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it just fucks me up too much. I can't gauge it. (laughs) Yeah. And then we came in this, we we came inside. They shuffled like zombies. Yeah, I vaguely remember. And then I remember kind of face planting into your couch and and Ranny asking me if I was, if I was going to sleep. And that's what I was saying. I, I turned into my father because I, I said I said I'm not I'm not falling asleep I'm just resting my eyes. <laughs> and that's something my dad would always say when he was falling asleep on the couch. Uh, yeah, I ended up passing out on your couch overnight. Yeah. I vaguely remember at some time in the early morning someone putting a blanket over me. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was somehow I was I, was I went like sleeping. <laughs> I was I think I was fully clothed but just like. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I don't know, I just went into, like, this weird, like, shaman mode, like, writing down all these, like, I was watching The Dark Crystal, and I was like, oh my god, this is, like, this is what real life is like, it's, like, there's, the Skeksis are real, and humans are gelflings, and I'm just, like, just, like, typing, and I was like, oh, I guess I should, uh, stop conspiracy theorizing and go clean up, so I just, like, put all the stuff away, I was like, oh, I bet she's totally zonked with no blanket, so I was like, oh, yeah, here you go. <laughs> oh, that was sweet, thank you. <laughs> There's something satisfying about, like, when someone passes out, just, like, putting a blanket on them. Mm-hmm. That's like, one of my favorite things when we would have our parties back in the day. Just, like, someone would fall asleep and then getting them a nice little blanket and tucking them in. Yeah, I remember waking well waking up the next day and before you came out, I woke up and um, her, uh, looking at the your dining room table and your kitchen. And I was like, oh, yeah, we had a party here. <laughs> because there was just, like snacks and dishes and we ate so much i ate two of everything that day yeah i ate two pieces i mean, what was it that coconut I, cream i had two i had two wings <laughs> two wings <laughs> two coconut cream pies i had like two oh my god it was so good oh i just realized two that. corn on the cabs yeah <laughs> i was I eating my corn one kernel at a time <laughs> i don't know how so i knew that the patients do that I, I woke up and there was just like snacks and stuff and like nothing with <laughs> was like oh yeah we partied here so i was like <laughs> i tidied up a little bit and i was like okay this is more manageable for them when they wake up <laughs> to kind of like do dishes <laughs> but i was just like i hadn't seen a place look like that and it, like wow yeah we partied here <laughs> and it was like three of us <laughs> it was just three of us just three of us and it was just like it, yeah, everybody like zonked out at like 8 30 yeah 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 it was so it was early. early it was yeah. so early it, it just it, and i'm very sensitive to like like any substance so that just yeah it hit me all at once and it just knocked me on my ass i think a, a fourth of yeah of it would be like the perfect amount and yeah swimming would have been amazing but yeah, <laughs> there was. Uh, I just realized on episode thirty-one, I started the episode mid uh, talk, and I was talking about baking weans, and I never explained that. So <laughs> if anybody doesn't understand what oh, yeah. baking a wean was, <laughs> we were grilling hot dogs in the fire. And yeah, I thought it was yeah. so funny to call it baking a wean because yeah. you yeah. called it a wean. I was first, calling weans, and yeah. then I was like, <laughs> I'm over here like baking a wean. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know. So, well, let's sin. Let's talk about you. So, um, if anybody is not familiar with Sin's work, 
She's an amazing seamstress and an uh, awesome performer. Um, so let's see. Where do we... Let's start as a kid because I like to start with people like get their whole story. So like, what what were you like as a kid? What were you into? Like art or? Um, well, growing up, always always kind of a black sheep. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and for those who don't know me or don't know like kind of like my little uh, family like history, I'm adopted, and my mom who adopted me was adopted, and um, the parents that adopted me had three of their own children biologically. Then there's an eight year gap. And then they adopted three more children. And I'm the oldest of the adopted three. So for those who are old enough to um, grow up with like the Brady Bunch, imagine the Brady Bunch, three boys, three girls. Um, I'm Jan. So I'm the middle <laughs> child, middle daughter. So and then also, yeah. And also growing up in a family that's um, white, you know, like uh-huh. full on white, white. Like my dad's redhead and my mom, um, even though she was adopted later on, I got her DNA test. She always thought that she was German, but turns out she's like three different ancestries of Vikings. I'm like, mom, you're a fucking Viking. That's so awesome. But yeah, she's very um, Aryan looking. So the family I grew in, grew up with um, was a white family. So it was just me and my, um, my half brother were adopted into this family together. So me and my half brother. And so we're the brown kids. So it was kind of weird growing up because now looking back, I grew up with white privilege. I grew up with being always included and always allowed and not having someone question me or look at me twice or anything because of whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And like after like later on growing up and moving out, I realized what it was and the change of that and everything like that. But mm-hmm. it, was, it was kind of weird growing up in the, in the house, you know? But my parents didn't ever treat me like we were different. They would always introduce like, this is my daughter. Not like, this is my adopted daughter. Like, this is my daughter and this is my son, you know? So we're always included. You know, there were my brothers and my sisters, and that was my mom and my dad. So anytime I refer to my mom and my dad, I'm always talking about my adoptive parents because they're the ones that I've remembered since I was two years old when they took me in. And I believe I was around four when they adopted me. And I believe I was six when they changed my name. So I had a birth name, and then that changed, and I had a different first name, middle name, and last name. So, and none of those names really seemed to stick with me. So that's why when I moved out and started dancing, I changed it to Sin. Mm-hmm. And that's the name I've had the longest. So when people ask me what my name is, I say Sin, because mm-hmm. that's the name I've had for almost 22 years. You that's... know, I had one name for like six years and another name for 12 years. I'm like, eh, 22 Trumps. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so it was always very interesting growing up. So we had... Um, I have one brother that's 12 years older than me, then a sister that's 10 years older, then a brother that's eight years older. And um, so there's a big eight, like eight year gap. And there's, a, you know, just different, you know, I'm going through grade school while one of my brothers is graduating, you know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of an age gap and not the older siblings didn't really play with us too much. But my mom still did foster care. So we always had kids coming in and out of the house. So I started, oh, you know changing dirty diapers when I was a kid so Mm. and being able to bottle feed children and stuff you know when I was younger so Mm. I've always kind of had that um responsibility you Mm -hmm. know because like some of the older siblings especially when mom and dad were gone and we were babysitting and oh hey I'll give you five dollars to go change Brandon's shitty diaper because Brandon (laughs) shit a lot (laughs) and he had the worst smelling shit and nobody wanted it but five dollars to a six-year-old like oh you know how much candy i can do like all right i can tolerate this all right i got this all right you brave yourself and walk into that kid's room and get in that crib (laughs) pull that child out and change that shitty diaper then you 
it's five bucks on, on easy street after that. Yeah, $5. yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, you know, kind of caring for kids and always been around kids. So growing up, it was never lonely. Like, you know, I had my, my little sister, my little brother to play with, and we always had foster kids to play with. So um, it was kind of cool having so many different kids in the house and you know I mean it kind of sucks because sometimes you become really good friends with some of them and then they got to go to a different family or whatever you know mm-hmm. some of them stay longer than others and it's just different ages and different races and you know so when so you say foster it because yeah I don't I didn't even know this that was a process do you, so do you like sort of temporarily watch kids or something or like a family yeah, temporarily yeah it's kind of like in? I mean I don't know if you're familiar with like fostering like um cats or dogs it's kind of like the same thing it's mm. just like if you don't want to have the commitment of having a child you can be a foster parent so mm. it's kind of like a part-time you know you take them in you could take them in for a couple months or whatever and then they get them into a different house or home or whatever mm. um but ideally in the system they don't want to you know have the kids kind of jump Keep, around yeah. too much you sure. know and it's it is harder, especially when kids are older, to get picked because nobody wants to adopt. Everybody wants their baby. Everybody wants to yeah. adopt their baby, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I was adopted when I was, uh, I was taken in by this family when I was two. And my little brother was, I think, about eight months. So, he was a baby and I was still, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to- a toddler, I guess, toddling. <laughs> <laughs> but all my memories are with that family, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I have, you know, tons of memories with all the foster kids. And um, my, my parents, you know, they were middle class, but we always, we didn't waste anything. You know, so it's like you, when you leave a room, you turn the light off. You know, when you, you, you're done, you know, especially in the summertime when we had droughts and stuff like that, you know, if it's yellow, you know, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it. Because, you know, we, yeah. we you know, with water. Yeah. So, um, and, and one of my favorite things was uh, my mom taught us is was like for Christmas. Because um, every, because we love, me and my sister love Barbies. And we always knew we got a new Barbie every Christmas. <laughs> so my mom would tell us, you know, especially if we had some, um, uh, little girl foster kids go through your barbies and find one that you don't play with anymore and an outfit that you don't play put her in anymore and dress her up and give it to one of the foster girls you girls get to choose which girl you want to do it and that was one of my favorite things is going through i was like you know i don't play with this one that much and i don't really care for this outfit and and being able to like put that in a box and wrap it up and give it to one of the foster kids because foster kids don't get presents and they don't get really things that they can keep you know, mm-hmm. it's all kind of temporary for the house, and then when they leave, they don't get to take it with them. Mm-hmm. So I liked the whole recycling of that. Don't yeah. throw it away. You give mm-hmm. it to someone else. So that kind of always resonated with me as far as, like, not being wasteful, reusing everything. And then if, if you don't enjoy something anymore, find someone else who likes it and maybe as a gift or whatever, yeah. you know. So um, definitely was taught very good values, but also was uh, raised in a very, very religious family mm-hmm. from my dad's more <laughs> more on the a hard hardcore christian side oh, as yeah. my mom kind of just goes along with it and just she understands yeah it's got you know the whole morals and whatnot but dad's the whole it's by the book and it's the law you know yeah. so there is kind of that um heavy influence you know i grew up next door to the church that we went to every Sunday. So if we weren't all there, you know, like the window is facing our house, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm like, did, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> did that, did like, 
did did it resonate with you like christianity or as a kid i always i always yeah 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 i know but we all yeah yeah i i always kind of questioned it you know i always thought like certain things were "Mm -hmm," but i was never you know from my dad it's like you never question it like well well, how come in the first you know the old testament says this but the new testament it kind of contradicts that and he's like well those are separate books i'm like no it's in the same book you know if they're going to separate the books then they separate the books Mm -hmm. you know if they're not going to teach this book anymore because all of this is bullshit then they need to eliminate all of it Mm -hmm. you know and so me and my dad would always get in these heated things and now we never talk about religion because it's still a heated conversation with us today Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it is the reason why I named myself sin because I thought a lot of it was honestly bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it that's good in there, but I don't think that um, it's very fair to scare people in the idea of being a decent person because you're going to go to hell if you don't. Mm-hmm. I think that's f- fucked up kind of manipulation. I'm only going to be nice to you because if I don't, I'm going to burn in hell. But if I didn't have that option, you're like, mm, no, yeah, no, 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 no. That's not how course. it goes. Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of people kind of take it. Mm-hmm. So it's always put a, a bad taste in my mouth. And like something we've discussed in the past, how religion and Christianity and, and, and Catholicism has um, made people not want to be... Or, or search for their spirituality or be spiritual anymore because the fact that the word spiritual is tied in with religion and the word God and it has, such, right to Christianity yeah, it has so. such bad undertones lying in with all the horrible things that are attached to that religion, mm-hmm. you know. How about you, like as a kid, like what was your religious background and did it resonate with you? Oh, who, me? Randy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, my parents were... Christian. Well, my mom was Christian. My dad was Catholic, but they only forced us to go to church like when we were really little. And then they weren't really, I don't think they really gave a shit. They just went and we went to, when we were in high school, we started going to our own like Bible study stuff, but that was just to fuck around with all the the Bible study kids. They were all crazy. (laughs) It's better than staying home. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember my parents actually dr- having to dread taking us to church when we got older because they're like, oh, we have to fucking get in the car. <laughs> my, my parents, two miles away. Oh, yeah, no, my parents <laughs> still go, and anytime I do go home, they give me, you know, it's cute. My dad always extends the invite, you know, if you want to come with us to church. I'm like, I appreciate that, Dad, but, you know, I'm yeah. I'm okay. All right, okay, well, well, we'll see you when we get back, you know. So mm-hmm. I think that's... You know, again, it's it's very ingrained in my dad and, and who he is as a person. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I've always kind of been like the black sheep and always like the very odd Thank and you. bizarre, mm-hmm. bizarre things. And I think that it could be because the whole like middle child syndrome thing yeah. where you're not being seen. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, some people act out and some people just kind of ex- express themselves in a different way. And I've always been drawn to like the artistic side. Someone was asking me last night, um, was there like some like striking moment that just made me want to like get piercings and tattoos? And I was like, no, I've always been very fascinated by it since I was a kid. The more earrings I saw in the ears, I wanted to get that, you know, but I was always limited. Like, okay, I can have one. And until I get, you know, at this age, then I can have two in my ears, you know. (laughs) And then I think it was in high school, I was allowed to have like three and then four. And that was it. Four was the max in each year. That's it. You know, but my mom, um, my parents always knew I I was drawn to that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the whole rule was not until you're graduated 18 and out of the house, Mm -hmm. you know. So, and there's been times where, um, I mean, my parents were very strict, but my mom didn't start getting a lot cooler until I was in high school. You know, Mm -hmm. I think once she started uh, 
getting over her menopause stuff and we were getting over our teenage angst stuff because there was a generation gap right there you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. they were in their early 40s when they adopted me mm-hmm. so mom is going through her hormone stuff while we're going through our hormone stuff at the uh, same time yeah. the household was chaotic oh, at, you know in our in our first high school years but as I got a little bit older, she's got a little bit more relaxed and stuff like that. But I remember like the last few years of my high school staying with them, my mom coming in to tell me, hey, there's this program on TV about um, piercings and tattoos if you want to come check it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I went and saw the, watched the program in her bedroom with her. Um, and she just kind of popped in and out and was doing other stuff. But um, she knew I was interested in stuff like that, you know. And so she allowed me to watch it. But the, again, you know, not until you graduated 18 and out of the house, you know. Um, but she always knew I was kind of drawn to that, you know. And mm-hmm. even growing up, it was always said, uh, you know, it's just a phase. You know, she'll grow out of it. It's just mm-hmm. a phase. She'll grow out of it. And as I got older, she just kept saying it. And, and I got older, and now then I got older. Now you have your tongue split, and how yeah, many tattoos do you have? A like. lot. <laughs> when people ask me how many tattoos I have, I just say a lot. Because it depends on how you count them, you know? That's true. It's like, That's true. With yeah. my doll hinges on my arms, that could be, to me, I could see it as one set, you know? So of my arms and on my knees. But then it's considered four, because it's on four different parts of my body. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on how you count them. It could be anywhere between 20-something to, like... I mean, hell, would this be one or would this be four? You know, I could have up to like 50 or 60. I don't know how many (laughs) tattoos I have. So when people ask, I just say a lot now. (laughs) I I always say not enough. You just look like a fascinating person. That's like... Well, once I turned 18, oh my God, you better believe I got my first tattoo. I started getting piercings like crazy in my face. Started getting more in my ear. Yeah, I just started going nuts once I graduated was out of the house at 18 oh man it was a dog (laughs) off its leash and it was like oh this is my park right here what are we gonna play with (laughs) what was your first tattoo Uh, my first tattoo is actually on my right hip and it's my I wanted something that um is part of me and it will never change and um it's my horoscope sign Sagittarius cool and every horoscope sign rolls a body part and Sagittarius rules the hips and thighs so oh. I had it placed on my right hip nice yeah so that was my first tattoo Dude, I got I've... a panda holding a heart on my ass that was my first <laughs> fucking tattoo $20 so, so you wanted something very meaning and that was yeah, very personal very to you personal. that will never change I saw, never I saw change. a panda holding a beach ball I was like can you give me that panda holding a heart <laughs> 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 Didn't you say that uh, it took like how long? It did took it? like four hours. It was insane. Not, oh my god! It should not be four hours. Yeah, I think oh. he just wanted he just to just stare touch at your ass. butt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just turned eighteen, and that guy was a weirdo. <laughs> It was in Moreno Valley. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was holding a beach ball, but it didn't just. I just can't imagine you today seeing that and be like, "That's going on my ass." (laughs) I've always, I don't know, ever since my first tattoo experience. I mean, I drew up the the tattoo and gave it to the guy. Can you put this on me? Um, And then ever like that's my first time ever going into a tattoo shop to get it done. I I didn't know how the whole process worked. You know, I just came (laughs) up with a design and I just, hey, can you put this right here? And so going in there and then seeing like the flash and stuff and seeing people like choose and pick, that was so bizarre to me. I was like, this isn't fucking McDonald's. I'll take a number 42. And can you actually combine that with a number 37? <laughs> it was is there a way can we merge those? Like, that, I, think it's, I thought that was so bizarre picking something off the wall um, to me. So a lot of my tattoos have been um, 
either drawn up by myself or uh, some have been done freehand on me by the artist. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll find an image and then I'll just kind of like, I'll take some of this and some of this and kind of warp it into something I like. I think it's fascinating that you also get tattoos when you travel. Yeah, I try to get tattooed wherever I travel. I wish I thought of the idea sooner, but I didn't start thinking of it until my late 20s. Um, I just always wanted to take something back from where I was traveling with me. So I have different tattoos from, you know, multiple states that I've traveled to as well as different countries that I've traveled to. And I have uh, four different languages tattooed on me. And some places I've traveled to multiple times and I haven't gotten tattooed there because not a lot of places, you know, some places are pretty really third world countries that you can't really safely get something there i i sure. question yeah. i question the sanitary you know the san, you know and the, mm. the ink and the, the just yeah. how clean are these needles <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know so it's pretty cool it's very uh sailory of you oh yeah sailors used yeah, to like yeah. go to ports and get tattoos oh, yeah, and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i i just like the idea of like the the old school suitcases that would get the stickers slapped uh-huh. on them you know yeah. so it showed yeah. like that so it's kind of like that yeah. like oh this one's from this and like you could point at one and i'm like oh i got this at this location that's awesome i just wanted one of those suitcases too with the stickers i don't know yeah. why that was always fascinating like, yeah like, just having like oh look at all the places they've been you know? <laughs> so yeah i guess in a way it's kind of like a uh a, a sailor's kind of like <laughs> i do cuss like a sailor <laughs> same so, what got you into performing? Like, when? Where did that all start? Um, that didn't start until I was eighteen, um, and I started getting into. Well, I was actually in, in a small town trying to look for a job. I had already moved out, and I already graduated early, and I was staying with my friend in Oregon, uh, with her, and I was trying to apply at all these different places and it was a small town and nobody wanted to hire an 18 year old girl with braces you know and even though I had so many years in wood shop and stuff like that working doing you know handling you know heavy machines and stuff like that mm-hmm. even the mill didn't want to mm-hmm. hire me so finally my friend was just like you ever think about stripping and I said to her I was like if it's legal and it's paying and it'll hire me I'll do it right now <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, all right, well, let me see about taking you down. There's a club that's in the next town over. It's like 10 miles or something away. And um, I remember her taking me there and, and, and having, you know, to, to, I, well, I called ahead of time and figured, you know, like, oh, hey, you guys hiring? Are you guys audition? Like, how does this work? I'm totally new. And they're like, oh, yeah, you come in for an audition. And um, if we like you, we'll hire you. And you set up a schedule and you can start working immediately. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went down and I did an audition. And um, it was definitely walking into a completely different world. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't, I don't think anybody, especially when you're just someone who's just trying to get a job and looking for work, it's not really something you're expecting to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is a very easy job. It's a very easy job to get. You know, it's a very easy job to, to you know, you get paid cash in hand. You don't have to wait like everybody else for two weeks for your check. Mm-hmm. You get your money every single night you work. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I started seeing how some of the dancers, because I was a minor, and in the state I was working at, in the state of Oregon at the time, you could be a minor and work in these bars that are 21 and up. Mm-hmm. 
but you had to stay in the dressing room or they would have a, what they called a miner's couch. Now, the miner's couch is right next to the dressing room mm-hmm. and the miners can sit there and that's it. Hmm. Miners can't approach a customers. You can't leave the miner's couch to go hustle or anything like that. You just stay on your miner's couch. And if customers come up to you like, hey, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, well, I'm a miner. I can't be on the floor, but I can sit here. So if you want to have a conversation, we can have a conversation. But... If it's more than a few minutes, I can't have you sitting here on the miner's couch so we can get a dance or do it. So it kind of made it easier to kind of get your hustle as far as like hmm. getting extra money for dancers or whatever. Oh, I didn't you didn't have to deal with the bullshit. Uh-huh. That was a thing. It's not anymore. Oh, okay. Not anymore. They pass a law. Now you have to be 21. Yeah. But at the time when I was going, it was 1998. This was a thing. You could be a miner and work. So, um... And I started watching some of these dancers, and I would see them do, like, a pole trick. And I was like, oh, oh, fuck. That's, oh, shit. Because I was that kid in school, in grade school, in kindergarten, that had, like, if you saw the parallel bars, I would kick my knee uh-huh. over and do all the spins, <laughs> and, like, the backwards one, and, the, like, the no-handed ones, uh-huh. and all that crazy shit. So seeing all that done, but just in a different way, mm-hmm. my eyeballs lit up like a little kid and I was like oh I want to learn how to play on this toy you know so I got really inspired by um watching other you know dancers and man I I wish I wish there was a way I could see my first like week at work because I bet you I was so cringeworthy (laughs) and so bad and I probably did all horrible things like there's a thing like we like I I call the new girl squat and it's just like you don't really know what to do but you kind of hold the pole in front and you kind of just squat and down a couple times, you know, it's like this weird maneuver that you would not sexy and it's not, but it's something all new girls do. I did it. Uh-huh. And I was like, I bet you I was doing that or dirty hooker foot. It's when you don't point, when you don't point your toes and your foot's just like <laughs> hookered out, you know, legs, yeah. and it just creates this unattractive line. And you only see that really like a lot in porns when, you know, where they don't know. And it's like, okay, you point the toe, looks so much nicer. But yeah, it's like, you see that in and then, porn. And then also like, yeah, and also like, uh, like really trying really hard, you know, and it's yeah. just like, oh, honey, no, just just slow it down a little, <laughs> you know. It's like I was I was not good, you know. It is uh, weird that, that like just a, a point of the toe completely changes the, the yep, look yeah, of yep, a leg. Yep, yep, as, I, as a sculptor, bitch. as a sculptor, I'm always looking at like body and form and stuff. And just pointing a toe, man, mm-hmm. it's like makes a world of difference. Mm-hmm. It makes a statement. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I wear make, high heels, yeah. I look. I, I'm way more graceful. But when I'm wearing like sandals or just not heels, I walk like shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> like having heels really makes me walk more gracefully. Yeah. It also makes the it, it gives you better posture. It makes you stand yeah, up straighter. It whole everything. Yeah, and it kind of makes your butt a little bit. You know. Yeah. I you know I don't even know yeah I I I don't even know what I would do like on a stage because I I mean I guess that's coming from a male perspective because I just I don't know like you would be dirty hooker footing it. <laughs> I mean like I don't know this brings it like just female sexuality versus dude sexiness I guess like I don't it's like I don't, it's, I don't I know like the guys like stomp stomp yeah, around guy, I've never been to really a male much. strip club what did they. What? It's a lot of, okay, I have, um, I worked in one club that had both. Okay. And, um, it was, it was seven, seven days a week. (laughs) It was females dancing downstairs, but on, um, 
I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they had the male dancers upstairs. Or maybe it was just Friday, Saturday. But they had male dancers upstairs. And um, I did it when the bartender's upstairs. So sometimes I'd go up there during my break and hang out. Sometimes he'd come down. So I get to see what the guys was like. And it's a lot of them in themed outfits. Okay. That's nice. All right. Um, that's fun. And it's not really like an elevated stage. It was just kind of like tables. And they're just kind of like in this pit like where there's no tables. And they do their thing. And it's a lot of flexing and thrusting. And then they kind of like get all up on you. <laughs> and then there's nightmare. more thrusting. I was, I, I, I was thankful, we, me and my sister, I took my sister there for her 21st birthday. And we, we kind of sunk in the back. But I did buy her a, a private dance from the construction worker. <laughs> she liked him. And I was like, which one do you like? She's like, I like the construction. He's cute. And then she went to the bathroom. I'm like, hey, here. Give my it's my sister's twenty four. Give her she's really shy. Give her the she's, works. she's really I just thought I said it. I'm like she's really shy and she's really timid. So just you know be gentle with her. And he's like okay. <laughs> he's all like flexing on her and thrusting on it's her. So and I, funny. I'm looking at her. I'm dying laughing because I don't think there's anything sexy about yeah, that. I find yeah. humor. I think it's it's hysterical. Yeah. I don't find anything like nah, no that's not hot. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. but my sister's sitting there and she's like looking up batting her eyes and like putting her ear over her hair over her ear all kind of very blushy and it's just like oh my god little sister no <laughs> don't funny. be over here falling in love with a male stripper <laughs> so see that that illustrates my point it's like dudes trying to be sexy always reads as funny and again like i know like i'm not like human bodies male or female are beautiful and like I everybody can be sexy don't think but dry it's just, humping is yeah sexy. it's like that's if i, think I were there's a way to project well but I had would, would it be a, more I had feminine a stripper come bef- before come before. That sounds so not not what that's not what I'm meant to say. Um, I had a male stripper at a party before, and he it was he was it was goofy to me. But then like the older women were really enjoying him. But then he like picked me up with one one hand, one arm or whatever like, and I was like, whoa, that's kind of impressive. But I was just like, I don't know, it wasn't, it was kind of real. He put his butt in my face and I was like, I smell Pearberry and ass and I'd be like, (laughs) This is not what you signed up for. I was like, I just want to go behind all the other older ladies. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. We're using adjectives of impressive and funny, but never sexy. So it's like, how does, how does a dude, because like, like, I can't even imagine getting on stage and like, would I just like because me the feminine movements are well, sexy. Well, not so all it's feminine like, movements are sexy because there's a lot of goofy females that dance too. Yeah, you know, and it's okay. also like there's you know there's so many different oh my god there's so many different types of dancers. But yes, I mean and especially um, like sometimes having to tell like very very tall people I'm like you gotta slow down your movements because it just makes you look all lanky and yeah. goofy. You know <laughs> what I mean? You look like the scarecrow. Yeah. Over there, you know what I mean? So it's like certain body types can like. When you're short and small, you can get away with being super fiery little firecracker and up there hauling ass on stage. But when you're really, really tall, you can't get away with it because it looks humorous. It doesn't mm. look sexy. It doesn't yeah. come off that way. So it yeah. also depends on your body height yeah. and how you are proportionate. And also, like, for me, like, what your your mood and, and what, what moves you. You know what I mean? Some girls like that whole just club music and then just, you know, just the whole booty popping and whatever and that works for them and that makes them feel awesome and sexy and that's what makes their money. Mm. Other girls like the whole very super, super slow and not a whole lot of like pole dancing or anything but Mm -hmm. just still like very, very sexy movements but not really doing a whole lot up there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of girls that make a lot. I love watching those girls. The girls that I call the grit, they do nothing. (laughs) 
The girls that do nothing, I love watching them because I'm like, I can't go up there and not do anything. I, I'm, yeah. I'm too hyperactive. I have to go up there and I have to do a spin and I have to do this. And I, <laughs> yeah. So watching someone who can go up there and just literally just be up there doing nothing and just simple movements and just the way they could just be fluid into it and just draw people to their stage and make their money that way, that blows me away. That blows me away more than like a backflip. Yeah, well, I mean... I would love but to see, like, a story, like, with a, with a male stripper. Like, he starts off as a frog, and then he kisses someone, and then he turns into a prince. Well, see, that's, see that? That's, that would be a right? fun, that, that would be a fun show, thing. but I don't know if I'd say that's sexy. But see, that, that, that <laughs> it kind of goes into, like, what we have now Beauty. nowadays, which is boylesque. You know what I mean? And there's not a whole lot of boy lists that's really seen as, as sexy either. Like, yeah. I mean, um, there's a lot of them that are very comical, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. see, and then again, we're, we're saying that, like, the male stripper has to have a novelty. He has to be a construction worker. He has to be this or that. But ladies can just be themselves and be up there and just yeah. slink around and be sexy. Yeah. Well, but we're not like, really being ourselves. We're being slutty. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're embracing. You're, you're embracing. Um, you know, I mean, if it was know. ourselves, it would be a whole. Different, if I was embracing myself, I mean, I did in some clubs. I was able to get away with it. Like some clubs that were kind of very gothy and rock and roll, I was allowed to get away with being more myself and like, yeah, if I get shaving my eyebrows and drawing queer, weird, crazy stuff all over my face and still making money or spitting blood on stage and fuck it, wearing va- vampire fangs. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, I was about to say fun. vampire would be cool. Yeah, vampire like, fangs. I would do blood spitting on stage like to like a living dead girl. Nice. It was just like, blood on her skin, dripping nice. wit sin. And as soon as <laughs> I do that, I'd tilt yeah, my head perfect. back and just blood would <laughs> nice. come out and I'd just do this whole smearing thing. But some clubs, you know, you can kind of get a little leeway with strip clubs? Because, like, man, doing, mixing prosthetic no. makeups and, like, just a monster strip you club know, would be I wanted, awesome. I wanted to have, uh, like, like, theme nights at a club I worked at when I was doing House Mom. I tried to, to get this whole, like, let's do theme nights. Just, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Like, one night's, like, schoolgirl night. Everybody dresses in a stupid schoolgirl fan. And then the girl's like, well, we're all going to look the same. I'm like, no, you're not going to look the same. We can all wear the exact same, not that we're going to, but we can all wear the exact same thing, and none of us are going to look alike. We're all going to look different. We're all going to style our hair different. You know what I mean? Like, you're mm-hmm. not going to look like me. You're blonde. I'm brunette, whatever. You know, I'm a mohawk. You don't. <laughs> you know? So, but a lot of girls just didn't want to go for it. They're like, I don't want to wear the same thing or be in the same theme as her. I'm like, but it's not about you. It's about what the customer is like when they come in. If they come in, they see every all the all the dancers in like hot fetish straps BDSM thing. Like they might that might be fucking rad. It's or like yeah, yeah, exactly. Or whatever it is, you know, it could be like even a sports night, just wear like, you know, uh, you know, Lakers colors or some shit. I'd know? be like, eh, sports now. Yeah, but you gotta have, the you gotta, you gotta have, you have one night, you know, well, it's, yeah, like, you it's not about us, you gotta get one night for the, for the jocks, you know. But I, I still don't feel like but, we've answered the question about no, what would be a no. sexy dude dance. To me, I think, I think, what? what? You, you said it would be novelty, you still never said it would be I sexy. I it would be sexy because the transformation is sexy. <laughs> you said it's like a frog would kiss him and turn into a prince. Yeah, that's a sexy ass transformation. <laughs> I didn't say a tadpole turning into a frog. It's a frog turning into a prince. So what kind of frog outfit do you imagine him having? Uh, one that slips off very easily. Like, <laughs> one with snap off sides. I can't imagine what, like, yeah, like... <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. And he's just got a ridiculous prince outfit. What, what would a sexy, find, serious I, prince I outfit look like? 
ridiculousness sexy. I think, I think you're forgetting. <laughs> All right, we're speaking so see, now we're getting to the 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 sort of answering the question. So it's like, but that, I, it, male I mean, sexiness are, is always are, coupled with something ridiculous. There are like, um, there's a few uh, male pole dancers that I follow online. And oh, do tell. It's a, 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 oh, I'll slide into your DM. So the athleticism, it's not all like, you know, ha, ha, you know, but like the stuff they're doing and the way they're choreographing it, it's like, it's very impressive. Yeah. That's not necessarily sexy to me, but it's also like, even if a female went up there and was just doing nothing but athleticism, mm-hmm. like it's impressive, but it's not sexy to me. Yeah. You know, so. I, mean, I guess, um, like, because, like, male body, the muscles are cool to look at. So if yeah. they're, like, showing them off by, like, a graceful pole dance yeah. or something, and I can see yeah. like that a being regal sexy. Or to them, yeah. like, like yeah. an athleticism. Not, and I think the thrusty stuff is. Yeah, like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's but like then if they were just, like, top. yeah, doing all kinds of. Well, it's the difference between confidence and ego. You know, it's like when you have that ego, you're all thrusty and everything. When you have confidence, you don't really need a thrust. Yeah. You just have to just be. So, like, slow, <laughs> sensual, feeling yourself in a non arrogant way. And maybe showing a little athleticism could be dude sexy. Yeah, are you taking notes? Yes. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, where have you been going every Saturday night, <laughs> sir? <laughs> Practicing on my pole. Is that glitter I see on your collar? <laughs> I'm glad to see like pole dancing becoming more accepted too. Because, well, for the first place, it's dumb. Like the whole stripper stigma is bullshit and stupid, yeah. anyways. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a. It's and that's a where it all thing. came from. It came from strippers. Yeah. So it's this whole. And there's actually what pisses me off is in within the pole community, they even haven't. A hashtag. Um, it says uh, when they put their videos out, it says hashtag not a stripper. Which is fucking. And it's like, up. Like, eh, like, it's, like I hate the stigma attached to what we do, but yeah. it's in the same sense. Probably like, it's a hard job to leave because it's one of the raddest jobs you can really get. You know, what I mean, it's it's also uh, very interesting being in a staff that's predominantly female. You know, I mean, like your coworkers are all female, and then you have like maybe your boss and security guy, and, and maybe some bartenders are males. Mm-hmm. Um, but they always try and have the bartenders females. I've noticed in, in the strip clubs, but it is a, a weird, unique world working with predominantly females. And so you have the, again, like we were saying earlier, the cooperative and competitive females. So you have that dynamic, and. Um, but also, like, when you work in a good club and you have a good set of, of girls, you also kind of create some good friendships and also, like, a sisterhood, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't really get anywhere else that you can actually talk about. I had one girl tell me one time, she kind of asked me in the dressing room, there's not really a whole lot of people around, and she's like, Sin, can I, can I ask you something? Can I get your advice on something? And I said, sure. And she's like, you, you know, I, I know you, we've talked and you're experienced can and you everything. And she was saying, she was saying, she said, I'm curious about trying anal sex for the first time and I'm scared and I don't know how to go about it. And I was like, okay, well, here's the lowdown. <laughs> and I kind of told her about like how to prep for it and how to kind of warm yourself Animus. up to it. And yeah, warm yourself up to it. I'm like, it's not one of those things you just jam it in there. You know what I mean? You start maybe with a small toy or even like, you know, I, even can get like anal trainers and things like that just something just to huh, all right okay this is what the sensation is going to be like you know uh-huh. um and then it wasn't until if it, and then we had the discussion that was it and when about our shift and a, a couple weeks later 
she had told me, she's like, I tried it. And I said, and? And she's like, it was awesome. And I was like, okay, great. You know, but like you couldn't really get that at, you know, working in a grocery store with yeah. your female coworkers <laughs> talking about just, hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting anal fucked. You got any tips? You know, and that doesn't something like, but it's very kind of common to have these very personal, you know, ex, uh, you know, conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I and, thought you brought up, it, it's, it's a very unique environment onto itself. Yeah. You know, one with the competitive nature of, like, most jobs you don't go to work, try to out, like make money other you know more everybody money every, yeah else. everybody yeah. there the, in normal jobs has a paycheck and they're all yeah. there by the hour and whatever and that's mm-hmm. it but with us it's like we make our money so if we if we're not hustling and we're not making money then we're not making money there is no hourly mm-hmm. wage and then percentages and, and we have a house fee that we have to tip out and mm-hmm. percentages that we have to tip out as well yeah and then on top of that you were mentioning earlier too it's like that's the only job that people like the shitty people would like have uh, essentially almost kind of a safe place to even be shitty towards like the dancers because yes and no it's also a safe place for a female to work at because we're in complete control if you work within a good group especially if your security guys are really good security guys mm-hmm. there's been times where i'm just like i can yell their name across i got i can project my voice yeah. well I'm talking, can, I'm talking about like the the things that shitty things that people can say to dancers yes, that but, are fly under the radar and it's like man but you yeah would never but, say but that no to, like, but i've had a customer come up to my stage and just start spewing nasty stuff like oh i want to and i was just like toby get over here and toby mm-hmm. would come over i'm like this guy has to go i'm like i can't deal with all this you know yeah. i'm like mm-mm. and then they'll like you know I, I can't have you you know doing this to the dancer she asked you to stop then i'm gonna have to ask you to leave yeah you know so it is also a place that where if that was happening to me in a grocery store i wouldn't have someone having my back like that mm-hmm. i would just have to deal with it yeah and just have to deal with people harassing me there mm-hmm. as within a club it's a safe space for us that we're we're in control that if someone's misbehaving or someone grabs us by a wrist or something or takes a picture of us they can be kicked out mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's, it's yeah. they're, if they're being inappropriate they're going to be eliminated yeah. They're not allowed to come and play with eliminated. us. They're eliminated from the play area. You know what I mean? Like you inside, you get to play with us. You get to enjoy us, talk to us, look at us, and watch us parade around and dance for you and all that. And we can all play the game and have a good time. Then you play the game right. You know, everybody's happy. But don't come in with this whole, like, it's not a, a rent rented a, a girl you're not gonna get my phone number you're not gonna get my real name mm-hmm. you know and, and don't sit there and say i'm not like the other guy yeah you are when you're saying that that means you are because when you as <laughs> that, you're saying that, that you're grab as you're saying <laughs> as you're saying that you're rubbing up on my thigh you know what i mean so fuck you <laughs> so i mean there's there's with any job there's pros and cons you yeah. know but it's mm-hmm. just to the extent like some of the stuff we have to put up with mm-hmm. and um, you would never ever have to deal with at any other job mm-hmm. you know and then yeah. some girls will tolerate it because the customer is tipping mm-hmm. like we have one customer that comes in and he'll just pinch you and say oh you're getting fat you need to lose a little weight you want me to get you some meth oh god you know as with me i'm just like fuck you and i'll shove their face i'm like you don't get to talk to me like that i get "Mm -mm, mm, don't cross my i only talk to people on the floor if they treat me like a lady Mm -hmm. otherwise i'll hang out in the dressing room you can sit there and get lube to me or start picking at me like that Mm -mm, i'm not gonna sit there and deal with it but other girls will sit there because they're like oh well he tips me 20s 
I'm like, so you're going to sit there and let him degrade you? I'm like, would you allow a stranger to come up to you and throw, like, money on at your feet, a complete stranger, and pinch your body and then tell you that you're fat? Would you allow a stranger up the street to do that? They're like, no. I'm like, then no. why would you allow someone to come into your workplace and do that to exactly. you? Exactly. Just that's literally it's what a, they're doing. Yeah, like it doesn't. That's not a license to be a fucking asshole. No, like going no. to a strip club. But we do know? get to see men and sometimes women at their complete worst. Yeah, you super know. inebriated. Yeah, or... yeah, and they're they're already under um, a, a toxic vibration when they walk in, mm-hmm. and then they're amplifying themselves with alcohol and then sometimes even drugs on top of that. So that's just oozing more toxicity and then they get fucked up and they don't realize sometimes what they're saying or like oh they're being offensive you know when they're trying to pay you a compliment you know Mm -hmm. so it's they they just don't they lose their filter yeah and it's cool that we're like breaking this open a little bit because like i don't i think people a lot of like even the hashtag not a stripper thing stigma Mm -hmm. stuff it's like people don't think of strippers as real people sometimes like it's like it's a weird thing and it's like there's these are people with lives just like you and it's like yeah but you don't have a license to treat them like shit you know and so it's you know people really need to like think about that more i think it's it's fucked up because people they're cool with burlesque dancers yeah it's the same fucking thing mm-hmm. and we're doing fucking backflips off of poles you know what I mean it's just like burlesque it's like don't, I'm not knocking burlesque dancers I, I do burlesque and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just saying it's just I hate that there's a stigma to one thing and not the other there's no I mean still a little stigma to pole dancing but the stigma from pole dancing is the stripper aspect and that all already has its own stigma and which is ugh. but um it's one of the few jobs where you're completely, you set up your own schedule, mm-hmm. you know, and if I get a gig in Dubai again where I'm gone for three months, I can tell my boss, and then when I come back, I can still have my job. Mm-hmm. You can't get that anywhere else. You know what I mean? You can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and if I decide I want to work, hey, you know what? I really need some extra money. I'm going to work some extra shifts. I could just put in extra shifts and request them. Doesn't always mean I'll get them, but I'll get a few. Mm-hmm. And if I decide I want to take a week off, I can take a week off. It's not a big deal. We mm-hmm. don't have to worry about, oh, I only have this many sick days leave or da-da-da-da-da. You know, as long as... Here's the thing, too. Communicate with your fucking bosses. I always tell them if I'm going to be running a little bit late or if I have to cancel for some reason, I tell them as soon as I find out because that way they can cover their shift. Mm-hmm. I always show up on time, treat it like a job, mm-hmm. you know, and then they'll allow you to have a little bit more leeway. But if you treat it like fun party time and you're just getting fucked up, they don't care. They're not going to help help you. They're yeah. not going to work with you, just you like know. Any other job. Yeah. And haven't so, you had like some like award-winning like gigs or like? Are you yeah, there? I did a competition years ago representing Crazy Girls back in two thousand four, two thousand five, at the LA Convention Center. Nice. Um, the dancer he initially asked who said she was going to do it got cold feet the night before and decided back out, and she had a week notice, and I had, I think twelve hours. and he had asked me to do it and I was just like I stopped doing competitions for several years because anytime I do a competition it's not based on actual talent and skill at the time and these are like strip club competitions you know it's usually who's whoever's blowing the judges or at the time whoever looks more like the porn stars you know Mm -hmm. and at the time I didn't have my boobs 
and I would lose a lot of competitions. I would lose to girls who got booed and people were cheering for me, but I didn't win anything or, or place anything. So it's just always a waste of time. So I had stopped. But I my didn't boss, even know there was competitions. Yeah. Like what? It, yeah. What? Like if it's objective, what's the criteria that they judge a, a stripping contest on? Uh, it's usually just like the dance. And, and how the audience reacts to you, hmm, you know? Yeah. So the overall, just overall performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's usually the most fantastic and everything gets the more cheers, and that's usually, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, when he had asked me, I, I said, all right, well, who's, who, who are the judges? And he's like, well, there's four judges, and you're going to be really, really happy to know this. And I was like, all right, tell me. Because I'm at this point, I'm just already eye-rolling and thinking, like, this is not happening. Mm-hmm. He's like, three of the judges are women, and there's one man, and he's gay. And I was like, I am in. <laughs> because at the time, I was working in Hollywood, and the way I perform, it's a lot of aerial work and um, contortion stuff. And I don't do choreography. I just know my music inside and out to mm-hmm. where, like, okay, there's certain things I do at a certain time mm-hmm. to amplify the sound uh, that people are hearing or whatever music I'm uh, performing to. So it's this acrobatic performance fluid thing. (laughs) (laughs) And so half my clientele were females. So women loved watching me because of the actual dance and the skill and the pole. Mm -hmm. And then, and also the fact that I am like, I was very sexy, you Mm -hmm. know, and the guys liked the sexiness in that whole, like, I like hard, tough chicks, you know, Mm -hmm. whole dominant female thing. Um, and people all the time told me that I look like uh, a video game character or a comic book character. Because I had like a mohawk and I'd wear like this black loincloth and I was nice. just wearing like these strappy garter belts and stuff like that. Nice. Um, and so uh, I did the competition and uh, I won the first, well, well, succeeded through the first round and then there was like the final round. And as they're announcing, I'm just sitting there just like, all right, it's another failed one. All right, this is going to suck. Whole day wasted, da-da-da-da-da. And then they announced first place, and I had won first place. Nice. And I didn't think I would, um, only because of just my my experience prior. Mm-hmm. Always just being, you know, nope, 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 nope. So that was pretty rad because it was at the convention center. It was just a, a very... Um, good exposure because mm-hmm. it later on got me a gig in Japan and you know just all these mm-hmm. little things uh, and then I was interviewed um, by Playboy Radio through nice. that you know so this cool. we do one thing and other people see and it just snowballs from here and here and then someone sees that and then they grab you from there so mm-hmm. it's always like planting these little seeds mm-hmm. so. and is that when you sort of transition to also like because uh, you do a lot of really cool performances you want to tell us about like some of the stage shows that you have and things like how did uh where did that all start? And which, what was your first stage show that you, you did? Because um, I know you have, like, different themes. And yeah. My first stage show I did was um, early, uh, maybe about, like, two or three years into my stripping career. A club opened up in Portland, Oregon called Dante's. Uh, and they started this night on Sundays called it Sinferno, Sin Night, Sex Industry Night, which means if you're a sex worker or work in the sex industry, you can get in free that night. So it's always a happening place to be on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So that means that a lot of exotic dancers, if you're a DJ, bouncer, bartender, any, if you work in a strip club or, or porn shop or whatever, you get in free. Mm-hmm. So, and they made all their money through the bar sales. And we would get paid not a whole lot of money. Go-Go dancers, I think, just got a small base pay but got tipped. I started off as a go-go dancer there, and then they actually asked me to like feature and I was like, well, I've never done a feature. And you know me, I'm a pole dancer. So 
I don't know what to do. You know, there's no pole on your stage. Um, and I, it was my first performance, and I ended up doing a Rammstein set, and I've already done, um, like, this type of, like, routine on stage, because at the time, like, the Duhas song was very, mm -hmm. very, it just came out very, very oh, that popular. Song was everywhere. Yeah, man. so then when that first came out, I'd come out with my German hat, and I had this flogger, right? Nice. And then when the... It, it, the very beginning kind of starts and then once it kicks in I would actually hold on to the pole and then sideways flog myself to the beat of the music <laughs> nice. So, nice. <laughs> so I decided to do a performance like that so I just did two Rammstein songs and I kind of just flogged myself and then beat my inner thigh with a writing crop nice. um, but the audience loved it and it was red-eyed like this leather harness you know on my chest and like electrical tape on and you know full-on like fetish look uh -huh. um, and it was fun and I had a good time with it and they asked me to do a couple more performances and after a few months they actually installed a, a portable pole oh, that nice. they can put in and take out so I started doing some pole stuff and contortion work and eventually started having like one of my friends at the time a dancer um, ex-gymnast also contortionist and her and I would do doubles on stage nice. so we would do like contortion together or like synchronized movements like handstands and um synchronized contortion movements and try to make what we call the human ball oh, you nice. know so you're all contorted <laughs> up together that you yeah. can't tell oh, whose leg or oh, whose arm awesome. was all yeah. yeah um and it was fun she knew how to, she knew how to do backflips so like there were certain things i could do to guide her and get synchronized you know to the music and stuff so it was really fun and that's how i got into actual like feature performing uh -huh. aside from just like just being a stripper, you know, yeah. wasn't based on me taking my clothes off or anything. It was based mm -hmm. on me, like, doing some type of uh, athleticism or some type of storytelling mm -hmm. um, on stage through movement and dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then you mentioned the contortion. So when did you start, uh, you know, doing contortions? And was it something that you'd done as a kid? Like, or did you just always make that? <laughs> when did you discover your superpower? Of, okay, yeah. so I found out... I. I was became aware of my superpower not knowing it was a superpower early on uh -huh. i would do weird things like cross my legs um like sitting indian style and then get up on my knees and walk on my knees Whoa. and <laughs> i would kids do that. yeah, yeah and, I, and I, I would sit i would that sit kid. in my in my desk if it was like i remember one time specifically in third grade uh in mrs wong's class i remember sitting there on my desk and i remember like grabbing my hand to the desk and then turning it all the way around and then doing it with the other hand and then doing it with both and touching the elbows inside and doing all these weird things with like my fingers over all my joints and wow. messing with stuff. Uh -huh. And it's one of those things that's kind of, I compare it to like when you grow up with a certain religion and then you meet that one kid that's like a Jehovah's Witness and you're like, wait, 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 wait. there's something that's other behind. Like, no, everybody thinks, and then you realize not everybody has the same religion as your family. Uh-huh. And that there's all these other options, you know? And I was uh -huh. like, wait a minute. Everybody's not like me? I thought everybody could do this. Oh. <laughs> and the way I became aware of that was through someone else. I don't know what it said. Seventh grade, I was 14 in my homeroom class. And this boy came up behind me when our class was over. And I was walking out. And he twisted my arm up behind me and put it up my back. And I just stood there and, like, nothing. And then he kind of put it up higher and my fingertips, my hands flat on my back, my fingertips are touching the back of my neck. And he's like, doesn't that hurt? And with my fingertips, I kind of do like this whole 
tapping thing on my back and I go, no. And he lets go freaking out. He's like, whoa, 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 what the fuck is that? Holy shit. And he's like, that's not normal. People can't do that. What the fuck? How did you do that? And I didn't realize that I was double jointed or flexible or whatever. Oh. Um, but Dickie, like, sounds like he fucking assaulted That guy, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it, was it was, it was. This kid just came up and just got aggressive with me. It was just very bizarre. Like he it was, was really to weird. You? I don't know. I don't know what it was. Like, you can't. Do I don't know. That. Maybe she's supposed to hurt. I don't know. It could have been. Uh, who knows? Maybe someone said, "Oh, she's got twisty arms. Try it out." You know what I mean? Like, no, who maybe, the fuck knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, also, I don't. Kids, they, you know, they wrestle and put people in the chicken wing or whatever you call it. And yeah. Stuff. So I, I'm not condoning what he did. But, no. You know, I know, but yeah. there's bullies. The yeah. Face. yeah, but but I was very um, <laughs> so it wasn't until I was 14 that I realized that I was what they call double jointed or or flexible. Now, as far as like putting the legs behind the head and stuff, I didn't learn that until after I started dancing, mm. and I couldn't do splits or anything like that. My hamstring muscles are like the tightest thing on my body, so All I right. had to spend years and years and years just being able to learn how to do the splits. Oh, okay. And I actually tore my hamstring early in my dancing career Ooh. and then had to repair it and then relearn again how oh, to wow. do the splits again. So that took probably like a good like seven, eight years for that to happen. Wow. Yeah. So. And then, so, uh, what is, what's your condition that you have? It's called? Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And it's a genetic disorder. It's uh, I got it from my mother, and none of my other siblings have it um, biologically. Mm-hmm. I have three other siblings, and none of them have it. And there's, um, I want to say, almost a dozen different types, and I have, I can't remember if it's two or three different types, and one of them is the hypermobility. Mm. And um, we're also prone to um, uh, bleeding um, more than normal people so like when i get tattooed is oh you're bleeding a lot i'm like i know it's because i just that's the way it is yeah and there's also other little things like um sometimes like the skin in certain parts of my body like sometimes on my chest gets translucent so i can see Mm. like the veins through um and uh scoliosis hernia asthma you know there's all these like internal medical just issues so people looking at me like but you're healthy i'm like no i'm not i mean i you look at me and i'm like oh yeah i I look physically healthy but internally i have all this shit going on Mm um so uh hypermobility is in my joints i don't really have collagen so it allows my joints and my muscles to extend further than normal so sometimes when I'm sleeping, I can actually sleep on my wrist wrong with my arm twisted up mm-hmm. and then it'll cause issues oh, wow. <laughs> or I'll have to wear a, a, a brace on my hand mm. for extended periods of time because I can sleep that way. doesn't mean I should sleep right. that way because yeah. it's yeah. cutting off circulation and actually doing damage to the tendons and everything around yeah. it. And I'm sure as like making contortion a part of your profession, I'm sure you had to learn how to still like safely contort, yeah. right? Yeah. Because like... Yeah. After I tore my hamstring, I was just taking more time to stretch and do that. It, even if I get to work and there's people there, like my first set is usually this slower, I have like two Depeche Mo songs that are pretty slow and I dance to those. And my movements might be sexy, but it's all, it's just the whole entire time I'm just stretching. Nice. You know, so it, I've been able to master how to do a good fluid stretch. And, you know, even just like laying on your back and just doing leg kicks out like that and up like this to the beat of the music. No, I'm actually just trying to open my hips up (laughs) here. You know what I mean? So um, I've been able to 
and if it's really, really slow, if I'm doing an opening shift, I have no problem bringing a yoga block on stage and actually just stretching up there. And there'll be guys that are actually there and it's just like, I have no problem. Just that's my, that's my set, you know, mm-hmm. some guys like it just in there watching People me do watching yoga, 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 yoga you in your underwear. Yoga pants, do, yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I have to now take precautions and just make sure I'm doing it. Uh, warm-ups and stuff like that it's, if I have any type of tightness anywhere I got to make sure that I open that first before I start doing anything that's going to require that movement because it might just lock up and that's no fun <laughs> and you also do a uh, cosplay too yeah yeah one of yeah. my favorites I think is your Samara you oh do. yeah the ring yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's really if you guys haven't seen it uh she has a tv that she rolls around at conventions and then like <laughs> she fits herself inside the tv and then does the whole like creeping out of it and stuff. It's really awesome. That's actually my old TV, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that sucked, it was it was still good. It was still functioning and working fine. Yeah. But I was just like, it takes two people to lift it up because it was too heavy for me. And I was like, I got to get into, like, the modern tech age and get a fucking flat screen already. God damn it. <laughs> And I never even thought about that. And I wasn't even a huge, you know, I, I heard of the, the, and I think I saw the first movie. And um, I think one of my friends was suggesting, hey, that would be kind of funny if you came out of it, like that girl in a scary movie. And I was like, oh, that's right. That was a fucking scary movie. <laughs> I forgot about her. That's right. Didn't she like kill you? And she like gives you a phone call or some shit. <laughs> and then I started watching it. And I was like, oh, I think I kind of need to do it. <laughs> and that summer I went to a convention in Arizona, and um, I saw a picture out there in, in one, because I, I, I got my f- photos back from f- photographers in like albums on Facebook, right? And I was scrolling through, pulling my images, and there was one that I saw this shot of a person in a TV kind of coming out with like a fake wig on and a nightgown mm-hmm. done, you know, um, decently, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm not gonna. Uh, bash it or anything as far as because everybody's cosplay level is different mm-hmm. uh, but it definitely did inspire me and I had that TV just sitting there nice. so um, one of my friends was just like let me take it apart for you and I was like that would be amazing <laughs> so I was like keep this 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 and I was like I actually because the, the person I saw in the image didn't have like any type of wheels or anything so they're kind of just like crawling around in it and it just so I was like, I want to put it on a dolly, and I want to actually take it go. apart and drill it onto this, 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 nice. and make it very lightweight. But then the inside had all these like vents on it, so I actually glued like black velvet oh, lining nice. on the inside, there so it go. makes it pure pitch black. Yeah, nice. Inside, uh-huh. so when doing photos or videos, it's just complete darkness. Nice. And if I do any videos towards like the evening time or even at night. I have a flashlight in there that I can put a strobe on so that you're just seeing flashes coming at you and then I'm coming out of the TV. Nice. That's awesome. That's but great. yeah, so as soon as my friend gutted it, I was like, I gotta, I gotta try it on. I gotta try it on. Anytime I get a suitcase too. No, I've gone to like luggage places. I was like, I know this is a weird question, but can I try this on? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I work in a circus and there's an act I do where I come out of a suitcase. They're like, oh, okay. I'm like, but I need you to spot me. I need you to zip it up. And, and, and you know, they're like, okay. They're totally down for it. They just, they want to see some crazy shit so uh, you know I, I feel like I'd be on the fence a little I'd be like yes I want to do this also I feel kind of weird zipping someone up yeah, like, yeah. I have to ask no. my manager yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Not> my manager <laughs> I was like I'll Ted take. do we have a policy it on fits. zipping people up it in fits the suitcase? and I'll take it <laughs> 
Oh, man. Yeah. And don't you have a, a, an angle grinding act, too? Yeah. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that always, like, fascinates me because I... How do you not get burned? Like, or, or you're just getting burned and you just deal with it. It's right? not really. Like, it's not really getting burned. Um, it's it's kind of like the sensation. I for me is what's what it feels like, is if someone got a bunch of sand in their hand, and let's say this is your body, and they go really, okay. you know, like kind yeah. of blow it because you feel it bounce off you. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't really like doesn't it. really singe or anything like that. But you do feel it kind of bouncing off yeah. you. I think anytime I've dealt with sparks, like I feel that and it scares me because yeah. it's sparks and it's not. So I feel yeah. like in my mind, I make oh, it hurt I, more. I love, I love doing That's... it because the fact that even like the toughest person in the front row or whatever, when I, they hear it. <laughs> They, and they're like, ah, okay. But then when they hear it and they see it, they're like, they take a couple steps back. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's always funny watching, like, the the most biggest, burliest dude get, like, a little intimidated by, you know, yeah. little five foot four me. Does it, with did a, you, have, with you shoot it at your face? I shoot it at my face sometimes, yeah. yeah. I close my eyes and open my mouth. Wow. I shoot it in my face, That's, yeah. See, I'm just scared of it. Yeah. I actually learned it by a music video I was in. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I was in a music video, uh, I want to say like in 2003 or 2004 for Black Label Society. No, oh, yes. Cool. Yeah, Black Label Society. The song was Suicide Messiah. And they wanted like these biker chicks and I had a mohawk and I was doing like contortion with like this exhaust pipe. <laughs> it was so bizarre and weird. And I was like, all right, I'll do contortion with this thing. Okay, dudes. Um, but at the end of the night, they're like, hey, uh, we want to try this thing and, and we would love to get some shots with you doing it because a mohawk and you look badass, you know. And I had like these goggles on already and they're like yeah so try this and they had a piece of metal put on a vice because the the photo the blah, the video shoot was taking at a chop shop mm-hmm. so like a motorcycle shop and so they had some metal in a vice and they gave me this power tool this industrial one <laughs> and they're like all right we're just gonna have you feel the torque of it da, 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 and it's gonna be some kickback and da, da, da. and after you get kind of the feel of it we want you to touch it onto the metal and you'll get a feel of how the sparks are and the more harder you press the more it's going to be intense and then you can kind of direct and guide it and just play with it for a minute and then we're going to shoot you doing some stuff like that i was like okay i was like all right <laughs> and then i tried it and i was like oh this is kind of fucking cool oh okay now i'm getting the thing and i was like oh yeah <laughs> well, we had to do so many takes of that that even towards the end like i think the shot they use in my face i was making this like <laughs> all teeth like scrunched up face like yeah but in my head I'm just like oh dear god hurry up and get this shot <laughs> my forearms were burning because it's going against you so you gotta push in uh, you know yeah. so you're using all these forearm muscles that I didn't know that I had <laughs> so um, a few years later I was thinking uh, someone was asking me because they saw they, they know they knew I did that for a video and um, someone was trying to get me a job with I want to say something like America's Got Talent or something like that and they wanted a bunch of uh, grinder people mm-hmm. and um, I was like fuck I don't have my own grinder and I don't have anything to like grind with or anything mm-hmm. I was like that's something I need to do and put on my list mm-hmm. so I had designed this um, like bikini made out of metal that I can take apart and re-bolt, and I grind um, these bolts that kind of stick out of my titties like a fembot. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then I actually have, do have a crotch piece that has three prongs with bolts that stick out like that, and I even have a little one that goes over the top of my foot, like a little boot cover, like nice. almost like a spur on the top of my foot. Uh-huh. So sometimes when I'm sitting down, I can actually make it look like I'm polishing my shoes oh, nice. and spikes 
sparks are coming off my nice. feet. Nice. Uh, so you're actually grinding the, the bolts? The bolts, yeah. Okay. And I could take See, the bolts curious. off and replace oh. the bolts. Right. And I use um, a certain type. Of, I use primarily zinc. Um, some people actually have a nickel allergy, mm. and there's a lot of metal out there and a lot of bolts that actually have nickel in it. Mm. So if I'm shooting this at people or people reaching uh, into it, that yeah. might be allergic. So um, I don't do anything with nickel in it, and also I won't do anything that uh, will ignite. So this doesn't ignite. It's, I can do it next to a cigarette or a, a cocktail or your curtains, <laughs> it's not gonna ignite. I've done it in movie theaters, but I mean, I get it now, I know movie theaters are like, you know, everything's fireproofed and everything yeah. like that, but just to say, I've I done it know. in, you know, places that were carpeted in short spaces and stuff I like that. I never thought about that, even being a right. fire hazard. Yeah, yeah. And I actually wanted to go with that over learning fire only because of the issue with fire hazard, and a lot of places don't allow fire, or if they do, you have to be outside, and. Some places will get very strict that you have to have a, a, a permit and then the whole fire marshal thing and it's this whole ordeal and I don't want to deal with the whole ordeal. <laughs> yeah. More accidents I see can happen with fire, open flame. Yeah. So with the power tools, it, the only issue I would get, and I've now solved this issue, the only issues I would get would be my hot bolt sticking out and as I'm grinding, I cross from one side to the other. My biceps ah, or see. forearms mm. would get hit by that hot bolt. Ooh, yeah. And even though it's not something, it instantly cauterizes the wound. So when you see it, it just looks like I kind of had like a little scrape and that was it. Like, oh, you're uh, fine. It's like, no, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a, a good one done on my oh, bicep yeah, right still there. I see that. Yeah. yeah, a good one on my bicep right there. So now I wear um, like these uh, kind of leather gauntlets that go all the way up my arm uh, to protect. Mm. And so now I don't have to deal with that. I was like, and it looks cooler. It's yeah. all strappy and laced up. You know? So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know. armor. Yeah, yeah yes. my grinding armor. But <laughs> yes. yeah, I, I like doing that one. It's a fun one. It's a spectacle. And I like the fact that once people realize it doesn't hurt and it won't burn you, mm-hmm. I love watching people have fun with it. Nice. Because people will come up and dance in, in it. People will come up and just be like, all right, get a video of me. Ah, and stick their tongue out and I'm just shooting it right in their mouth you know like close your eyes and open your mouth you know I had one guy come up to my stage at a rave and take off his prosthetic leg and stick out his stump and I'm shooting sparks off my crotch onto his onto his stump thinking in my head I'm like well I can't think that many people can say that this is like this is actually <laughs> happening right now I'm getting paid to do this this is my job <laughs> like the reality of what is happening you know sometimes when you're on stage I don't know if this ever happens when you're like as an exotic dancer like sometimes the reality hits of like wow this is so bizarre like I'm up here like in this weird like stupid thigh highs and these fucking dumb high heels and I'm doing this shitty dance for you guys and you're giving me money for it and it's so stupid <laughs> but sometimes when reality kicks in and that was what was happening that night but yeah Gosh. I, I, it's it's fun seeing people be able to like enjoy it and, and like I've had guys come up with their girlfriends and like bend them over and lift up their skirt and I'm just shooting sparks <laughs> all over their booty and <laughs> I'm still it's, I'm still it's processing this guy with yeah the stuff it was like, awesome. I, hey, he was getting I, that I energy. So. Yeah, I just. It was like 4 a.m. I don't know what he was wrap, on, yeah, but I'm he was having a good time. It was, it was at a rave, but yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah so he was really like, that's the it. first. His his thought is like, I need some sparks on my stump. Yeah, like, out of all the people, <laughs> <all, laughs> my nub really needs is. this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so absurd to me. <laughs> oh, man. 
I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I don't want to downplay how awesome that is because I love just bizarre, weird oh, yeah, situations yeah, like yeah, that. But yeah. it's yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, yeah one time right had a guy. The right time. Yeah, I right. one time had a guy tip me his prosthetic leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? When I was go go dancing at this club, and it doesn't exist anymore, but it was this dive bar, uh, Gold Cadillac, but now it's some cantina. But I was go-go dancing there on Wednesday nights just for like three hours. Just, it's not a strip club. It was just like it had a little small stage and a pole. And there was a guy that would come in with one leg. And he would drink and he would tip a couple bucks, right? And then there was, I was on the stage and the stage kind of elevated. And as I'm dancing, he <laughs> takes off his leg and he sticks it on the stage. And he's like, here, take this. So he gave you his one leg? He did his prosthetic, his, his <laughs> so prosthetic. So he had legs when he left? No, he he got to get so I'm I'm all on stage and what I decided to do cuz I'm awesome. No. <laughs> I decided to get on my side next to his leg and stick my leg behind my head and then grab his leg and stick his leg behind my leg behind my head. <laughs> <laughs> then play it like a guitar. <laughs> and we all got a good laugh at it. He was yeah. he was hopping up and down, you know, watching. Aww, it was, yeah, it was this old man and we, just, we both got a joke out of it, that's you know. Fun. Did he actually leave the leg with no, you? No, no, oh, okay. he didn't. I mean, okay. Guys do that as a joke. I mean, I've had guys throw up the car keys or wallet or, you know, credit cards. I'm like, oh, be careful with the credit cards. I Take I'll take him. I just don't give him back. I don't give him back. <laughs> what would he have done if you just straight up took his leg? Oh like, my no, god! It's mine right? now. There's right? rules right? on the stage. It's yeah. mine. Because <laughs> oh. oh. technically, it's true. <laughs> you put it up there. <laughs> He's like, but it was a joke. Oh man. Uh, that was times. yeah. That was that's fun. Yeah, I do some some weird stuff. You know, I get to work with circuses, and so I'm always surrounded by very unique, weird people too. So it makes my life very interesting. So, yeah. that's awesome. but again, like I have this freedom uh, because of being a dancer. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about one of the other dancers with this the other day, and we were talking about how dating someone who says, "Oh, I'm cool with you being a dancer. It's fine." And then once you start getting serious, they don't want you being a dancer anymore. And then they don't realize all the benefits they got from you the whole entire time because of the fact that you were a dancer. Mm-hmm. As far as all the free time you have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to go on a date Friday night? Okay, cool. I'll just switch my schedule to a Thursday instead. They don't realize that you can't do that in most jobs. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so once you stop dancing and then now you're working like 40 hours a week. So now you're working and you're seeing them less and you're more stressed out and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't take all the time off that you want whenever the fuck you want, you know. So there's all these yeah. perks that you get from having this lifestyle, but at the cost of the stigma of being a stripper. Yeah. So it's that whole everything has its pros and cons, but this one is to like a very extreme extent to where you can have an awesome, decent life as a dancer if you just treat it as a job, you know, mm-hmm. and, and make your money and you can survive. And I only work three, maybe four days a week. You know, and yeah. I make enough and have money set aside. So it's not like I'm struggling and I have a nice, cute little apartment and everything's taken care of. And I take care of myself. I don't have anybody taking care of me. So that's also kind of one of the, it's very fulfilling to stay, to say because most people nowadays have to have one, maybe two or even three jobs. Mm-hmm. You it know. frees you up for your creative endeavors. Yeah, which... so that's why I can have my days off and I can do like, oh, I'm going to bust out a sewing project today mm-hmm. or maybe I want to do some, some jewelry and beading or whatever, you know. And uh, you have a shop 
online, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's your yeah. What's your shop? Um, everything's through my website, sintwisted.com. But I do have an Etsy store, and my Etsy is sintwisted. So nice. yeah, Etsy. and it's also on my Instagram, sintwistedthreads. And then if you just click that link, it'll just take you there. Cool. And I'm gonna put uh, if you're listening on Podbean or uh, or iTunes, I'll put all the links in the description of the this episode too. So. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think did we cover? Uh, yeah. Well, how about social medias? Where can everybody find you on the interwebs? Oh, okay. Mid so uh, yeah, on Facebook, I'm a page Sin Twisted. I'm not really on Facebook a whole lot. I'm more on Instagram. So on Instagram, you could find me as Sin Twisted. Um, you'll see an image of a mouse. That's <laughs> my logo. So that's the one. Uh, and like I said, Sin Twisted Threads, also on Instagram. And that one is just all my sewing and creative stuff uh, as far as like stuff that I make, mostly commissions. But every now and then I bust out some one-of-a-kind pieces that I put up for sale. Right on. Cool. Well, thanks for it. This was a really yeah. fun talk. Thanks yeah, for, uh, no, thanks. Thanks for chilling with us. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have you back and we'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, and in the future, we are going to do the Sheep Up and Ruck Sexy cosplay. Yeah. Once we find another makeup artist to to um apply that's true with you. yeah it's gonna be so, with yeah. yeah so if uh and that's i think we're tying that into the patreon too which, yeah we can make that into a goal oh, yeah. yeah so because yeah. like we would like to you know pay our yeah. friends too for spending their time with us so if that sounds like something fun you want to see you should check out our patreon at patreon.com slash rancig i think you just posted a uh, funny uh the, the it, it shoot from like 2011 of me as Fruit Leather Daddy. Yep, young a, Sig in a strawberry vest and watermelon chaps. It's a sight to behold. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, so that sounds fun. Uh, we also have a whole bunch of other content on there. And also we're going to do some podcast integrations, maybe exclusive podcast episodes for the Patreons. You also get exclusive video content from the nine years of, that we've been doing shit. A lot of weird shit. Lots and lots of weird shit. So uh, check us out, patreon.com slash rancig. And where can people find you, Rani, on the interwebs? Um, Instagram, raniagogo, R-A-N-N-I-E-A-U-G-O-G-O. And that's it, because fuck Facebook. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. But, and you guys know where you can find me, at signeutron on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash signeutron. And also you can check out our YouTube, youtube.com slash bizarro a go go. A U G O G O. That just sounds funny. A U G O G O. I still remember the the chemical element for gold is A U because of I think it was like Joni and Chachi or something, or Three's company. They were like oh. she was learning it and she was like, Yeah, you know, I remember gold because someone steals my gold watch and I go, A U Oh nice. <laughs> so now you guys are always gonna remember that the chemical element for gold is A U. All right. <laughs> and on that note, have a good night, everybody. And thanks or for good morning or good afternoon. Yeah, wherever it's at. And also, if you dig the show, please share it and rate and comment it and rate and review it. It really helps get the show seen and show it to people and spread the spread the spew around. So. <laughs> <laughs> spread the spew. Yeah. All right. And I don't know. That's and all. we're out. Yep. <laughs> Longest goodbyes ever.